everyone, this is The Wellness Project. I'm your host, Des, and this is episode number 117. It is March, which means it is Endometriosis Awareness Month. Raising awareness about endometriosis is something that I'm passionate about because I have been struggling with endometriosis since I'm the age of 13 years old. It's greatly impacted my life, my overall functioning, and my mental health. But not a lot of people have heard of endometriosis. They don't know what it is, and they don't know just how many women are affected by endometriosis. If you are a woman or have a woman in your life, then you probably know somebody with endometriosis, even if they themselves don't know that they have endometriosis. Today, I'm speaking with Alyssa Chavez about endometriosis. She's going to share her expertise as well as her personal journey with endometriosis and healing. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. It's a really important one. So even if you don't struggle with endometriosis, as I said, you probably know someone in your life that does. So I'd love for you to stay tuned and learn more about endometriosis. And I would love for you to help spread that awareness and that knowledge that you will have after you hear my conversation with Alyssa. All right, everyone. I am here with Alyssa. Alyssa, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, I'm really excited because it is March and March is Endometriosis Awareness Month. And this is something that's really near and dear to my heart because I've been struggling with endometriosis since I'm 13 years old more than half my life at this point. So I was really interested in talking with you all about endometriosis today. Great. Yeah, it's heavily affected my life too. So I'm excited to chat with you for sure. So to get us started, can you introduce yourself to myself and our audience today? Absolutely. So my name is Alyssa Chavez. I am an endo warrior myself and have turned that now into I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and I help other women who are struggling with endometriosis. Okay, awesome. And to get us started, for those of our audience, our listeners today that don't know, can you explain exactly what endometriosis is and kind of the signs and symptoms of endometriosis? Absolutely. So what endometriosis really is, is it's when tissue that's similar to the endometrial lining that grows in your uterus or is supposed to um, grows in other places in your abdomen. So commonly it can grow on places like your ovaries or on your bowels or on your bladder. It's been found in places though, like your diaphragm and it, it just, it heavily affects the, you know, your periods and the way that you feel. Um, it causes a lot of pain is typically a very common symptom for a lot of women. And that can be extremely painful periods it can be pain with bowel movements. It can be pain with urination, pain with ovulation. Um, some women experience pain with sex. Uh, some women have things like back pain or leg pain or nerve pain. There can be all kinds of different forms of pain that come up. Um, some of the other common things that women will experience is, is fatigue and infertility is another really common one. Thank you so much for explaining that. Um, yes, endometriosis is a great time, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> so for our listeners, can you share your own personal story with endometriosis and infertility? Yeah, absolutely. 
So my story, although I really didn't know it at the time, started back in my probably mid to late teen years. And I started just having some really painful periods and some different bowel and bladder symptoms that I guess I just didn't even really realize weren't normal at the time, because that's unfortunately very common as well. I never even went to see a doctor at the time. I didn't really know that it was anything a doctor could even help me with. So I kind of just went on, lived my life, ended up on going on birth control in my early 20s, like so many people. And that kind of damped down the symptoms for a while until I was in my late 20s. I believe I was about 26 or 27. I ended up going off birth control because I was married at that point in time. My husband and I were wanting to start a family and have kids. And at that point, I'd been on birth control for about seven years. And so I wasn't really very aware of what was happening in my natural menstrual cycle because birth control actually blocks your natural hormones from doing their thing. So once my natural cycle, natural periods started up again, then all of a sudden I started having pain that was so much more intense than what I had ever had before to the point where I remember just, you know, sitting there crying. I I couldn't walk up the stairs in my house. I was having to call out of work and just, I feel like my self-worth was just getting really (laughs) stamped on because I was just feeling so down on myself and, you know, just thinking, gosh, I can't even deal with having a period. What's going on with me? And wasn't getting pregnant. So that's actually where I ended up going to see a doctor about it for the very first time. And it was a fertility specialist that I went to see. And she was the first one who had ever even mentioned the possibility of endometriosis to me. Um, I had heard of it before, but didn't really know much about it. She had just done a a pelvic ultrasound and had seen what, what she thought was an endometrioma on my right ovary. It turned out it was. I had surgery a while after that. And that was really the first time I had even really heard much about it. And even that day, I remember leaving the doctor's office and not really understanding or knowing much about what that meant. Other than I remember my husband being really concerned and like, is this life-threatening? Is this something we need to worry about? And no, it's not life-threatening, but it does cause a whole lot of symptoms. And so many of the things Uh, I figured out later were related to endometriosis. I had no idea at the time, which was a really fascinating journey. And I think is common for so many women, things like I had all kinds of bowel symptoms, what, what really were IBS like symptoms. Um, I was having some urinary symptoms, like just struggling to get urination going and things like that. Definitely period pain was super, super intense. Obviously I was struggling with infertility at the time also. What we ended up doing at that time was my, uh, the fertility specialist that I went to see recommended that we just jump right into IVF and kind of honestly kind of scared us into like, that was our only option and we have to do it now. We really shouldn't wait because things will only get worse. And so I, I just, we just ended up taking her advice and jumping right into IVF. And we ended up doing two rounds of IVF or doing actually one egg retrieval and then two separate transfers. And I did actually end up getting pregnant on the second transfer and went through uh, all the way up to 12 weeks along with uh, all the progesterone shots and things like that, which if anybody has experienced that before, you know that it's not terribly fun. 
and then ended up having a miscarriage. For me, that was really my turning point of just, okay, <laughs> I, I really need to do something about this. I really need to dig deeper and figure out what in the world is going on in my body. And I just refused to believe that these awful medications that they were putting me on and, you know, doing IVF and all that, I just refused to believe that that was my only option. And I've always been somebody who's a little bit more holistically minded anyway. And so I just felt like I had to start digging and learning, figuring out what is really going on in my body and what can I do about it? What can I do to help myself? And that's when I started really getting into the world of nutrition and holistic health and gut healing and all these things that I'm into now. And it's really been quite a transformation for me in, in my own body. I mean, I've gone from all of that stuff I was experiencing, the pain and infertility, fatigue. I didn't really talk much about that, but I was having some, some really intense fatigue as well, especially being that I was only in my late 20s when all of this started and I was just feeling so exhausted all the time. I started changing my diet. I started digging into learning how to do some healing of my gut. It turned out I had all kinds of imbalances and things going on in my microbiome. And through all of that work that I've done over these past few years, now I'm at the point where I actually have completely pain-free periods most of the time. Um, of course, I'm a human as well and have times when I, you know, maybe go a little crazy one month and and figure out very quickly that that's not going to work out for me. The fatigue I was experiencing is also pretty much gone. I mean, I get tired like a normal human being, but the bowel symptoms and bladder symptoms and things like that that I was experiencing are now really a thing of the past. Like I almost forget. I have to remind myself what, what all that was like, but uh, for the most part, all of that is gone. I did end up having surgery as well. I, I got together with a endometriosis excision surgeon who specializes in that specifically. And that was really successful. And I think it's that combination of things that just has worked absolute, what I dare say is magic in my body. And I'm just very happy with how things have all turned out. And I love to share that with everybody. Oh, that's amazing to hear. And it's crazy because your story and my story, they're not unique stories. These, like you said, it's so common. So many women struggle with endometriosis and don't know for years and years and years. You know, I knew from a young age that I had endometriosis only because of my stepmom. And she brought it up to so many different doctors, so many different gynecologists. And it wasn't until my early 20s that I was officially diagnosed and had surgery. I think it's really common that so many women don't hear until later on after they're struggling for so many years, finally that term endometriosis, and they don't even know really what it means. And like you said, all the different areas that it affects them, that fatigue, that back pain, the bowel issues. I mean, there's so much to it, the infertility. So that's really amazing to me that your one of your doctors jumped straight to IVF. Yeah, that was a pretty crazy time. <laughs> yeah, and I'm so sorry to hear about your miscarriage. I mean, it's there's so much that goes into it, which is why I'm so glad we're talking today because I really think that so many women do struggle with this that still aren't aware of it or what it is or how it's affecting them or the different things that they can do to treat it. Because like you, I was on birth control just 
you know, from the age of 14 years old, I went on birth control. Um, and I just had to get off of it last year because I started getting migraines with auras and that could be increase your chances of stroke. So I was instructed to get off of my birth control, but that was my treatment for, you know, most of my life has been being on birth control. So now that I'm off of it, like you, I've been trying to do all these different holistic things to manage my symptoms. So I would love if we could get into that more, if you have any tips for people, you talked about different gut health and that combination, you had surgery, but also that holistic healing, your diet. Do you have any tips or advice for people of where they could even start or how your journey looked? Um, I think actually one of the biggest things to understand about all this is that there isn't one just perfect diet that everybody with endometriosis should follow. It's really a matter of figuring out what works best for your unique body, right? Because even though we may have a lot of similar symptoms and similar experiences and things, each one of our bodies is so unique that figuring out what exactly works best for you can just be really life-changing. That being said, there are certain principles that we all can follow. For example, just really focusing on eating whole real foods. We walk into the grocery store and you look around and 90% of the store is all packaged foods with a list of ingredients. And that's just kind of what we're used to eating. Just the simple starting point of, okay, I'm just going to focus on eating fresh fruits and vegetables, lots and lots of, of veggies of all kinds of different colors focusing on your whole food forms of protein. You're looking at your poultry and meat and eggs and fish and seafood and things like that. Dairy, if you can tolerate it. Those are your basics right there. I know that sounds super simple, but it's one of those things that as simple as it may be, it doesn't mean that a lot of us are following that, you know, on a, on a regular basis, unless you're super aware of all of that. A lot of those foods have impact on our body besides, I think everybody knows that eating fruits and veggies are, you know, better off for your body than eating chips. I mean, I think that is relatively common knowledge, but there's also the fact that eating vegetables in particular and and fruits as well, they have all kinds of different nutrients in them. Antioxidants in particular, as well as polyphenols, which when we're thinking of that, we basically want to think of foods with lots of color, right? Your green foods, your orange foods, your red foods, your your purple foods, your, your white foods. I mean, there's so many different colors and just focusing on getting as many of those as you can because those foods actually help to counterbalance all of the inflammation that's going in, on in your body because that's one of the big things with endometriosis is that it, there's a lot of inflammation And so eating foods like that can help to bring that level of inflammation down. Focusing in on eating a lot of those whole food sources of protein that I mentioned. So your poultry and meat and eggs and all of that stuff, your fish and seafood, that's what your body needs also to be able to produce hormones and to heal tissues. Cause that's definitely a big thing with endometriosis is allowing your body to heal And that protein is, it helps your body to be able to rebuild and repair doing things like focusing on omega-3 fats. Those are the type of fats that help to reduce inflammation in your body as well. So those are going to be things like salmon and other fatty fish like that, walnuts, chia seeds, flax seeds, things like that. You know, if you can focus on having a little bit of that every day 
or even supplementing with a high quality omega-3 supplement can be really helpful for a lot of people to help to, to just reduce that overall load of inflammation in your body. So that's the place that I would really recommend for everybody to start. I'm a big fan of focusing on what you're putting on your plate more so than all the things that you're taking away because it can start to feel very restrictive. And I think just the word diet can turn a lot of people off and make you feel like you want to avoid that, like the plague. But there are certain foods that we want to work on cutting back on certainly to help our bodies feel the best. And the big things there are going to be processed foods. Like, like I mentioned, anything that comes in a package, a box or a bag, not to say that you have to avoid absolutely everything forever for the rest of your life, but you know, it's not something that you want to prioritize, right? If you are eating processed foods, looking for the healthier options. Sugar is another really big one. Sugar is really highly inflammatory in our bodies. And when you're looking at those processed foods, sugar is everywhere. This is the thing that just blew my mind when I first started getting into this whole world of nutrition and everything. Sugar is in everything, even the things you wouldn't suspect. Like we all know, okay, if you go out and you eat Oreo cookies, We all know there's a boatload of sugar in that, right? But even when you look at things like salad dressings and sauces, I I was in the store just last week trying to find a, a, you know, a healthy marinara sauce to use when I was cooking a meal. I had the hardest time, and this is in in a, mind you, in in a health food store, like a, a healthier grocery store. And I had the hardest time finding a marinara sauce that didn't have sugar in it. It's just used in everything to bring it up to that sweet level that our taste buds are used to. Um, And again, it's not like you have to avoid all sugar always forever for the rest of your life, but certainly taking a hard look at what you're putting in your body on a regular basis makes a huge difference. And then the other part is just figuring out what foods work best for your body. I even recommend using something like a high quality food sensitivity test. They're not all created equal. So, you know, just those ones you can buy on the shelf may not be as beneficial, but I like to use one that's actually a blood test that tests the reaction to food. And then, yeah, I mentioned some of the gut healing stuff. That's huge. That's something that I think a lot of people don't really realize is the connection between your gut and endometriosis. I mean, we talked a little bit before about the bowel symptoms and digestive symptoms and things like that. Speaking from my own experience, I used to have loose bowel movements or diarrhea kind of thing daily. I mean, I would go to the bathroom 10, 12 times a day. It would be painful and things I didn't really realize were even connected with endometriosis honestly didn't even realize wasn't normal. I just thought this is just how my body is. What are you going to do? Even sometimes some of the things that aren't necessarily directly connected to your gut. Like for example, a lot of people do experience extreme bloating with endometriosis. Um, So that's a more, I guess, a more obvious connection there, um, which can be related to an overgrowth of bacteria uh, or even parasites or or yeast overgrowth in your gut is a super common one. The thing is that some some women may have zero gut symptoms, like be absolutely fine di- uh, with their digestive system, but still have gut issues that are showing up in the way of that fatigue 
or even the the pain that we experience. Yeah, it may be related to the endometriosis lesions themselves, but it can also be related just to the overall inflammation in your body, which can come right back to that overgrowth of those bad gut bugs. (laughs) It just creates this whole big domino effect in our body where one thing leads to another and we end up with this just big old storm of inflammation in there. Working on doing some of that healing with your gut can just make an enormous amount of difference in the level of pain, fatigue, digestive symptoms, even things like a lot of women with endometriosis may struggle with mental health, like anxiety and depression and things like that. And looking to the gut can even be beneficial for that aspect of things. So it's really very fascinating, I think. I I feel like I could talk about this all day, but just the the connections that can be made right back to your gut in relation to, to the symptoms of endometriosis that we experience. Not to mention, there have actually been studies that about 90% of women with endometriosis do struggle with some sort of digestive issues or another, be it the bloating or diarrhea or constipation or just the pain with bowel movements or, you know, whatever things may come up. And that's a huge percentage. It's not like, oh, a few people here and there. I mean, 90% of women with endometriosis also have digestive issues going on. That's huge. That is that is not something that should be ignored in my humble opinion over here. Yeah, that is a huge number. And you're so right. It's not something that should be ignored, but unfortunately it's ignored so much. So everything you mentioned, those are such great tips for people to know and such great things for people to get started with. So, so important. Why do you think in your opinion, if you have any idea Why do you think it takes so long for women to get diagnosed with endometriosis? And I just feel like so often women are kind of shrugged off by their doctors and their doctors say, oh, you know, I heard it my whole life. Oh, that's normal. It's not normal for me to be in bed for days, missing school, missing work, you know, having that back pain where I could barely walk to the bathroom. These things are not normal, but so often we're told by medical professionals that it is normal. Yeah. And that's huge. I I think really, truly, I think that's the answer to the question right there is that everybody from, you know, normal human beings to doctors to, you know, even our parents and loved ones and friends, it's become so normalized to be in pain and to experience the, you know, fatigue and the back pain and, and all of these things that you mentioned with periods in particular, I remember being so shocked when I first started getting into this, you know, world that I'm in now, when I first started learning what periods actually should be like, my mind was blown because even before I'd ever heard the term endometriosis or it, it had ever been even an inkling to me, I remember just assuming that period pain was normal. Doesn't everybody experience pain every month? Doesn't everybody have to just curl in a ball and call off work or cancel plans or, you know, (laughs) hide in a cave for those first few days of your period? Doesn't everybody get super bloated and tired and have pain in their breasts for the days leading up? Like, There's all these things that we're just taught are normal. And unfortunately, I think that's true even in the medical world. You know, doctors are taught to 
treat the symptoms that they see, but I don't know. I mean, I haven't been to medical school myself, so I guess I can't speak directly to this, but I don't know how much they're even taught about what a true healthy menstrual cycle should look like. What a true, just on in a healthy body, what a menstrual cycle should look like, what a period should look like, should be pain-free, right? There, You shouldn't be having PMS symptoms or fatigue or bloating or all of these things that we're just taught are normal. That's just a story that needs to be changed in general from mothers to daughters and friends and and all of that. I, I think it's a story that we as a society need to work on changing so that when women go into a doctor, even young girls, like you had said, you, you first were experiencing symptoms at age 14. I mean, that's so young. I think that that's so common where I know this is partly what happened to me and why I never even went to a doctor when I was young, because you know, my mom would see me there being in pain. I have an older, I have two older sisters actually who would sit there and watch me like be in this intense pain, but nobody ever mentioned to me that that wasn't a normal thing. You know, it is common for women with endometriosis to go, I believe the average is about eight to 10 years that it can take to receive a diagnosis, which was about right for me. I think it was about 10 years from my first onset of, of symptoms until I actually received a diagnosis. And I think that that's that's a large part of it, that A, women just aren't going to the doctor because everyone around them is telling them that it's normal. And B, when they go and see a doctor, the doctors think that it's normal, right? Or I think there's also something to be said for if you haven't experienced it yourself, I don't know that you can really understand how intense that pain is. Not that I would want doctors to have to physically experience it in order to be a doctor, but I think that's a big part of it too. They're just like, you know what? All women have period pain. This is just what it's like. This is the cards that were dealt. Unless there's evidence right there in their face, I think they just don't know what to do with that. I mean, myself and so, so many other women, I think the only thing that doctors are even taught to offer when it comes to period pain is, is that birth control or other hormone blocking medications that work similarly. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of the the issue comes in. It's just lack of awareness, lack of education of what normal should be. I think that's really the, the biggest piece that's happening right now. Oh yeah, I fully agree. And it's to the point how you said like that extreme pain. I know for so many women and myself included have ended up in the emergency room from how intense the pain was and how you said so many women go on average eight to 10 years without a diagnosis or any treatment. I mean, this is not a once in a while thing. This is every single month. This is not only 12 times a year, but multiple days within that period. I mean, like you said, there's pain leading up to your period. And I know for me personally, I would have really bad headaches and those bowel issues like a week leading up to my period. So this is a week or two every single month. I mean, this is not okay. And it's, it's just crazy to me that it's not taken more seriously and that there's not more awareness to it. Absolutely. Speaking of that, what do you wish that the general population, just society as a whole knew about endometriosis? 
Well, I guess the first thing is just knowing that it exists. I think the awareness of it is huge. I know there's there's been a movement lately on even educating school nurses and things like that. So when young girls come into a nurse's office with period pain, at least they have like that first line of defense of like, hey, have you ever heard of endometriosis? Let's send you to someone to get screened. And um, I think that's huge right there. Because like I said, I was in my late 20s before I even had really heard of it. I mean, I'd heard the word. I think there have been commercials on TV at some point in time for some kind of medication. I don't know, but I knew next to nothing about it. And I think that that is super common because if I had known what it was and what some of the common symptoms were, I think I would have put two and two together much sooner. So I think that's the huge thing is just awareness and education about your body and about what this is. Beyond that, for women who may already know that they have endometriosis or, you know, working with a doctor already, I think it's important to know that, okay, we all, we all know, and a simple Google search will tell you that there's no cure for endometriosis, but there are absolutely possibilities and ways to help your body to heal. You know, we talked a lot before about, you know, your nutrition and the gut healing, even doing things like going in for excision surgery, if that's something that's, you know, going to be beneficial for your body. And it is possible for your body to heal. I think when I first was talking to doctors about it, so many doctors made it made me feel like this was just a life sentence. And I was just going to basically have to suck it up until menopause, which when you're in your twenties and you're told you're going to feel this way until you go into menopause, that just feels like forever away. Even now, I mean, I'm in in my mid thirties now, and even now looking towards menopause, it just seems like, you know, years and years away. And even then, menopause doesn't really completely resolve symptoms for a lot of women anyway. Um, So that's a big thing too, is that there is something that you can do about it. You can take your health into your own hands and help your body to, to heal. The other thing is just the, the fact that what you put in your body and on your body does make a huge difference. I know I went into a lot of the, you know, nutrition and what you eat kind of stuff already. That's a huge thing everything that you put on your body as well. I mean, that's something that I think a lot of people don't really talk about is the body care type products that we use on a day-to-day basis. A lot of them just contain so many toxins and things like that, that just can worsen a lot of the symptoms that we experience. It can really affect things like your hormones as well. Um, So that's a huge thing. Just looking for products that are that are non-toxic, that are going to be helpful for your body and not hinder, you know, the progress that you're making in other areas. Um, The Environmental Working Group, EWG, has a wonderful resource for that. If you just go to ewg.org, I believe, or just Google Environmental Working Group, they have some wonderful resources for cosmetics and body care products and all kinds of things like that. And then just remembering that it's all the little decisions that we make every single day that make the biggest impact on our body. I mean, yeah, doing things like gut healing and surgery and things like that, that are kind of bigger undertakings absolutely makes a big difference. I see it all the time, but it's, it's a lot of the little choices that we make, like making sure you're drinking enough water, making sure that you're nourishing your body. When you eat, you're moving a little bit every day, 
all those little tiny decisions that we make all throughout the day, getting enough sleep, those are the things that really end up making a big impact in the long run, right? And it all compounds on itself. We make these little decisions every single day and little by little, it allows your body the space to be able to to heal and to to get in a position where your body doesn't feel so stressed all the time and we can actually reduce that inflammation and that can be huge for people if nothing else if there's one thing you take out of this conversation today just know that there's there's hope for you if you have endometriosis and that those common things that were offered like birth control and and hormonal medications and things like that they're not your only option that there are are other avenues that you can look at absolutely Awesome. And I think that's so important for women to know and will give them a lot of hope because like you said, I think a lot of doctors, once you do get diagnosed, do phrase it as kind of a life sentence like, oh, well, you know, wait till menopause because I know I've gotten that talk as well. So I think this conversation is going to give women a lot of hope. Alyssa, do you have any parting words of wisdom or advice for any woman that is struggling with endometriosis or very painful periods and they're not sure if it's endometriosis or not? Yeah, absolutely. One And for starters, anybody who's experiencing really painful periods, whether it's endometriosis or not, all of that stuff that we talked about can absolutely apply. I mean, the nutrition stuff, the gut healing stuff, all of that is absolutely relevant to anybody who's experiencing period pain or any other period related symptoms. Um, it all ends up going coming back to the same place. But that being said, my honestly, my biggest advice for people is just to listen to your gut. And I, I guess I do mean that both literally in the sense that if you've got gut, gut issues, you know, take care of those, but also in the figurative sense of just, if you feel like something's not quite right, listen to that. You know, your, your intuition about your own body is most often going to be correct. I mean, how often do we hear that, that women or, or anybody is just feeling like something's a little off. This doesn't feel quite right. I feel like something is just not quite right in my body. And, you know, sometimes it may take going to multiple doctors or practitioners or, you know, whoever you may need to go and talk to. And I think it's really important that whatever you're maybe told by, you know, well-meaning doctors or even friends and family that you may talk to or other practitioners that you listen to your own intuition that if you feel like there's something more there that maybe hasn't been found yet or hasn't been realized that it's okay to keep looking find answers somewhere else if you're not getting them with the people right in front of you and that's absolutely okay um along with that just no matter what happens, no matter who you're working with, whether it's a medical doctor, whether it's a surgeon, whether it's a holistic type practitioner, whoever you may be working with in the moment, just to let your own voice be the loudest, right? You Nobody knows your body better than you. Nobody's more of an expert on your body than you are. So if you feel like something's not working the way it should be, or a certain treatment, or a certain protocol that you're following or anything, if you just feel like it's not quite right for your body, don't be afraid to speak up for yourself and advocate for yourself and either 
see if you can find a way to get that practitioner to help you in a different way or find a different avenue or just find somebody else if that doesn't feel like quite the right fit. Just never stop looking for answers. You know, you absolutely deserve to live in a body that is not in pain all the time and that feels good. I think that it's important that we find a way to get our bodies to that place. Oh, I fully agree. So well said. You know your body the best. You know it better than anyone. If a doctor is not listening to you and you're advocating for yourself, it's okay to switch that doctor. I fully, fully agree. Alyssa, this has been so amazing. Thank you so much for being here with me today to raise awareness about endometriosis. I think it's such an important conversation. So I'm so grateful for you to have this conversation with me. Can you share with everyone where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can always find me on my website, which is www.wholewomanwellness.net. And you can learn about my uh, one-on-one program that I have, my Thrive with Endo program. You can find the details there. And you can also find me on Instagram at whole.woman.wellness. Awesome. Everyone, I'm going to put all those links in the show notes. Definitely go check out Alyssa. Alyssa, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Alyssa, for being here with me today and having this really important conversation. Thank you so much for listening. I'm sure that you learned something new in this episode. Even if you did have some awareness about endometriosis prior to listening to this conversation, thanks for sticking with us for Endometriosis Awareness Month and helping me spread the word. If you could share this episode and tag me on social media at The Wellness Project with Des, I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you, and I will see you in two weeks with another amazing guest. 